0: This week's episode is brought to you by Raygun. Raygun is going to enable you to spend more time building great software and less time fighting it. And who doesn't love that? And let's be honest, crashes—they happen in the wild sometime. And Raygun is everything that you need for crash reporting to detect and diagnose software errors. And it can be installed and added to any application in under a minute. I'm talking iOS, Android, Xamarin, web, JavaScript—it doesn't matter. They support it. It'll automatically pick up uncaught exceptions, and you can even track your own and add user data. It's great. It's amazing. They integrate into all sorts of great stuff. Slack, GitHub, Zendesk, you name it, they support and integrate. Get a full 30-day trial by going to raygun.com slash merch conflict. That's raygun.com slash conflict. Frank, I set my computer on fire this weekend.
1: Well, that's a silly thing
0: to do. <laughs> Some may ask, well, why, why, James, would you set this said supercomputer on fire? And, uh, well, I didn't technically set it on fire. My, f- my computer set a blaze to itself this weekend.
1: <laughs> Is this the computer we were talking about last week?
0: All right. So here's what happened. A quick, a quick follow-up. We don't do very many follow-ups. So <laughs> last week we talked about building supercomputers and, uh, I've been using my supercomputer more and more. I had this amazing setup at home now with dual monitors and really enjoying it. I've been doing a lot of Twitch streaming. Uh, however, I was standing by it this weekend and all of a sudden I smelled a, it almost smelled like a sparkler. Oh you God. know the smell of sparklers? Yeah, it's a great smell. I love that smell. It is. It,
1: <laughs> but it, it's it, not it, supposed to come from computers. So it is. You're, you're
0: sitting there and you're like, where's the sparkler? And I'm like, where is this sparkler? I was like, oh, maybe like Heather is like, you know, something with her eye, you know, her hair iron or something like that. And oh, I'm like, oh, that's mm-hmm. weird. And all of a sudden it starts to smell like... Burning plastic, you know that smell.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, we're we're painting a nice nostril picture for people. (laughs) Yes, and I look down and I'm like, what? What is? What?
0: What what is that? I'm looking around. I'm looking. I'm like, what? What is that? And I start to see smoke coming out of the back of my computer.
1: (laughs) This is hilarious.
0: I freak out and I go and I and I immediately I actually go (laughs) to Windows shutdown. Shut down the computer. Like, well, like it matters well. it properly.
1: Yeah, yeah. You don't want that hard drive spinning, even though you don't have a spinning hard drive. Well, the computer's on fire. Oh the computer's God.
0: literally on fire. So I freak out, and I rip all the cords out of the back of it. I have no idea. And I see <laughs> the flames. I see the flames, Frank. Are you blowing on it at this point? You should be blowing on it. I'm, I'm blowing. I'm like, I, I know what I'm blowing on, but I'm just like, <laughs> Like me and i go i go heather grab the fire extinguisher i oh, don't no. have a fire extinguisher what am i even asking
1: <laughs> <laughs> so um, what you have like a bunch of action figures on your desk i'm just trying to reimagine from the last time i was there you have uh that um pr- pretty much nothing to put a fire out with right so there's your hand there's nothing
0: <laughs> no water no anything uh, and so my, I have like a quick release on the side of my supercomputer though, so I can open it up. So I essentially rip um, all the cords out of the back. I tear open the thing and luckily the fire yeah, went out yeah. like it was just smoking, smoking, smoking. And I was like, I didn't no know where it was coming from or anything like this because I, it's no clear panels. It's all black, um, casing. And I look at it, Frank. And on the top right hand side, so from the side, top right front panel is where the blue drive is at and it is just charred to pieces. The
1: Blu-ray blue drive?
0: The Blu-ray drive.
1: Oh my God. So you're saying that old technology of spinning plastic caught your super in quotes computer on fire. On fire. Well, you, maybe, wow. because here's the thing is it wasn't in use <laughs> and there was no disk in it. <laughs> So mystery. This is great. Yeah. Wow. So uh, okay, so you yeah. got the panel off. Uh you see the the smoke is clearing. Mm-hmm. All the powers off. There's no flame. So that's out. And it's just this drive. Like at this point, do you just open some whiskey, take a quick shot? What do you do? Well, so I'm
0: um, I'm obviously freaked out and I'm worried and I'm concerned like is this machine that's like thousands of dollars at the time of construction. <laughs>
1: Literally <laughs>
0: gone and i just upgraded it right i just literally put another four hundred dollars into it is it toast uh now luckily we talked about my amazing cable management of this case last week and uh ab- n- somehow <laughs> nothing else was set ablaze and the fire stopped and what happened is i had to look up what i purchased so many uh years ago which is that i have this beautiful you know um you know uh psu power supply unit that's an awesome modular
1: the problem yeah, we is talking about this modular is awesome because you have only the wires that you need um but then mm-hmm. i'm guessing what you're gonna say is you daisy chain some you have wires connected to wires jackpot not only
0: wires yeah. connected to wires but wires converting one power so su- one power oh, no. type to another <laughs> Yes.
1: Ah. Uh, okay. Wait. So, who's to blame here? Is it the Blu-ray or whatever that is that you did here?
0: I'm not positive. My my mm. assumption here is it's not the LG Blu-ray player, which LG did not tweet back at me after I tweeted a photo of this, which I'll put in the show notes. Um, my assumption <laughs> but, yeah. is I don't know what brand of adapter it was, but it's essentially a um, a DC uh, female adapter to a SATA DC or a male sata adapter the power right so that big like yeah. prong one into the other one because it needed it for the blu-ray drive and kind of pulling it back what it looked like is maybe some of the cables got you know intermixed or intertwined and all of a sudden it was like pop and it just happened oh
1: geez okay so this is a disaster this is um, a hot
0: mess I- i'm pulling it open the entire apartment smells absolutely <laughs> terrible
1: There's like terrible plastic laundry. wonderful
0: Yes, that is not what you want to have happen. We open all the windows. It's foggy. We have vents going on. <laughs> I'm freaking out. I was like, I mean, luckily I was standing right next to it when it happened. I mean, the entire place could have gone up in blaze. It could have been gone. I'm sorry. I'm laughing. This is a very serious matter, but I, I just can't stop laughing. It's pretty it's, good. <laughs> it's it's serious and funny and scary all at the same time. Yes. Okay, good. Because you, you hear me. And if we have neighbors, just imagine if you could hear me through these walls, which I'm sure they could yell at the top of my lungs. Heather, get the fire extinguisher. Right. <laughs> did you I really? Like, I did. Oh my God. That totally mm. happened. Mm-hmm. We now know that there's a fire extinguisher directly as you open the door to our apartment. <laughs> Which we went and found. We would have no idea because we never think about it. Anyway, so pro tip, uh, find out where your fire extinguishers are.
1: Yeah, that sounds really important. Uh, none of your alarms went off. None of the sprinklers, thank God. <laughs> no, no
0: sprinklers, no anything. And luckily it was so self-contained. And I assume that what happened was, is that all of the oxygen got sucked out of whatever was in there. And the fire kind of extinguished itself in the amount of time that it had. Um on it so anyway so this got me thinking anyway so we're okay the house is okay pro <laughs> tip turn off your computers before you leave for the, the house Computer
1: boots again sorry i have to worry about the machine it's, it's actually bad.
0: it was funny i tweeted a photo and cody from the xamarin team he
1: goes uh it does the computer boot <laughs> yes is <laughs> it right. okay <laughs> not not am i okay well, it's cody. Can be replaced, but computers can be replaced no it doesn't yeah. work
0: that way i guess never mind <laughs> The is fine. Um, I, I have since removed the, the Blu-ray drive, which I will not be replacing. Um, everything <laughs> works great. Luckily, the yeah. cable management and building this really high-end case and uh, box had separ- <laughs> clear separation of uh, concerns. So it's all good. Everything is fine.
1: So is that what we're going to talk about today, is uh, how to fireproof your home from disastrous
0: computer builds? Well, I don't know if we can fix that, but it had me thinking, Frank, um, which was... Uh, One, how do you not, how do we actually, like what if that machine was gone, right? What if I lost everything? And what if it literally set my entire desk ablaze? It had me thinking about one, do I have a proper setup at home with all the proper, like APC, like UPS, the the power supply units, you know, that are doing all this power management for me? Am I getting clean energy to these machines? But more importantly, how am I backing up all of my data of all of my life's Uh. work?
1: We're going to do a backup episode. That sounds fun.
0: I thought that it'd be fine, fun to talk a little bit about data backup. Now that we have this whole eight-minute story about me setting (laughs) almost my entire apartment on fire.
1: We're going to take some considerations in the terrible hypothetical case that the place actually did burn down. Which is something I think about a lot, actually. Whenever I travel, I'm always worried. You know, I'm, I'm not a very materialistic person. Like, I honestly feel like my whole apartment could burn down. And I really wouldn't care like be like oh that stinks uh moving on find a new apartment but what i would miss is all my data so i, I i'm on board for this like uh h- how do you deal with it because it's a constant question in my head is uh am i backing up am i backing up right all that stuff
0: yeah and you know i i ha- started to have this discussion with heather about how she backed up her data and she goes you know when i was in college the easiest way for me as a you know she's she's a developer too But she's like, I I didn't have I didn't wasn't going to go build a computer, build a, you know, a a home server. And there weren't Mm -hmm. a lot of cloud solutions at the time. She goes, I just bought a, you know, a terabyte backup drive and backed up stuff manually. And I go, that's probably not a terrible idea. Make that a habit like every week or something.
1: Yeah, that's Um, exactly what I did for probably well, way too many years, even running my business on my original source code. I did have a server, but the server was just sitting in a closet, and that only had a uh, source code on it. But everything else, I just dragged a folder onto a USB drive, and I just kept making that drive bigger and bigger as time moved on. And I probably did that for like 10 years, something yeah. like that, ever since college.
0: Yeah, I, I busted out. I had my, my old home server down in the basement. I was clearing it out, and I had a bunch of other like... um external drives out there. Cause external drives are really cheap. I mean, you can get like a four yeah. terabyte drive for a hundred bucks or something. It's crazy. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I literally was going through there. And I was like, Oh, old memories, delete, like delete, delete everything. Right. But, um, <laughs> that was kind of the first, like so easy to, so easy to do, but, but so easy that you don't even think about doing that. Right. Like, Oh, what if just overnight, you know, every week I just took this most important folder, which is all of my code.
1: Yeah. You know, there, Yeah, but the truth is you just never do it. Like, at least I should speak for myself. I never did it. (laughs) I would tell myself, like, I remember when I first started doing it, I'd do it, like, once a week, and then it was once a month, once a year, and then when was the last time I made a backup? So that system's just not reliable. I think you need something automated or else it's just not going to happen.
0: Yeah, I could could see that. I think that... um, that was like, that's like the intro starter kit, right? And I think it's important when we talk about data backup, it's also kind of time sensitive because you, did you read the the article about GitLab?
1: Oh, yeah. I was actually just thinking about it when we were opening this up. Uh, they had a terrible case. I think I first heard, oh, I don't remember where this came from, but someone made the point was of... It doesn't matter if you make backups, you need a way to restore your backups and you need to practice restoring your backups because the general rule is making a backup is actually pretty easy. The hard thing is what do you do after a disaster and how do you get that data back? And the GitLab, it didn't sound exactly like that. It sounded like they also had the added problem of their backups were kind of terrible. Yeah. (laughs) But they had both problems of terrible backups and they couldn't get them restored.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that that was, yeah, it's like you could put it on this hard drive, but if you can't, let's say you encrypt that hard drive, if you don't know how to decrypt that hard drive, then that's, you know, a problem. Um, (laughs) And I moved, so I moved really quick. I moved into a home server, kind of managing my own RAID configurations and doing all this work Mm -hmm. to put, put as many terabytes of data on my network as I could. Now, granted, if my entire apartment goes ablaze, all right, my computers are going to go away, but these are at least in separate rooms. That's kind of my idea is how do I separate my work machines from my server or from anything else?
1: That's a fair point, because I was just about to make that very argument of, well, if the apartment goes up in a blaze, then you didn't really save yourself anything by having that uh, NAS or whatever, some central server or something like that. But you do make a good point. Perhaps, yeah, you would burn your one computer, but at least the data's on a separate machine. So that is a good first step. yeah I started doing that with um, uh, cheap little NAS's that you could get, I think, around like the 2005 time frame, I think is when they first started becoming pretty cheap and everyone could start buying them and i just bought a little nas and just started throwing all my stuff on it
0: yeah it's i purchased recently so i was moving away from this self-managed home server scenario because no one wants to manage their own server really no Uh, it's not fun i
1: like like the appliance nature of a nas you just Mm. plug it in and then somehow it magically shows up and you just start dumping files on it you just dump files to
0: it. Yeah. So I, I recently did that. I converted and I said, I'm going to move all of these drives, which I already have, because the NAS really isn't that expensive. It's just buying really good drives and buying a few of them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I bought a Netgear Ready NAS, which is one of those cheap little NASs. It was $200, $220, something like that. Is it just one drive or multiple drives? So this one, you know, having managed RAID 5 and RAID 10 <laughs> configurations and the complexity of it, I said... <laughs> Let me just simplify this puppy, right? Because I could have bought a okay. two bay or a four bay.
1: Right. Okay. So, two bay is what I'm guessing you're going to say.
0: Yes. I did two bay okay. only because when I think about it, you know, two terabyte, four terabyte drives, pretty cheap nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm. uh
0: Compared to if, like, this is your whole life's work, spending $200, yeah. that's probably worth it. So, I already yeah, have the drives, the which producer. is nice. Yeah. If,
1: if, if yeah, if you're living off of it, but coders, we tend to just, yeah, source code. (laughs) It's not that big a deal. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. Uh, so I bought, I have two, 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 two terabyte red drives. I bought the, the, the two bay model shoved, uh, two terabytes in there. So that's a a one-to-one data replication. So if Mm -hmm. one drive dies, I take it out, put in a new one, it'll re you know, put the bits back and forth mm-hmm. so the bits live on both of them and when it's accessing it it's figuring out how to access both drives and read stuff off of it right so very raid i think it's a raid one configuration so it's just data replication so um, in
1: light of my previous comment have you actually practiced doing this have you like tried hot swapping out a drive and seeing how it can run off of one and that kind of stuff did you mm-hmm. test it i did not test it i just assumed that Uh-oh. it works Uh-oh. no you can't assume that's part two of making backups is testing the backup
0: yeah. Now, I have in the past done this before, though. So I've actually lived through this with a RAID 5 configuration. So the idea of a RAID 5 configuration. I don't remember
1: origins. the numbers. Is this like semi-replicated, but also space expanding? What what, what configurations 5?
0: So I think I'm going to type it in. Here we go. My new fancy oh, keyboard. Oh, God,
1: no. Don't read this. I yeah.
0: <laughs> Usually there's nice, uh, nice charts and graphs. I like to go to the images section. RAID 5, I think, is... Three, th- four disks. Yeah, f- four disks. And you can lose two of them, right? So you have six, instead of having eight terabytes of data, you'd have six terabytes of data, but you could lose two technically and still get the data off. I'm pretty sure someone will correct us, I'm sure.
1: It's very There's a whole bunch of different ones. Right configurations. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a bunch I of parody. Raid drugs for about three weeks until I broke it, and I was like, "Never doing raid again." <laughs> or it's not in an a, appliance, like like you said, these little NAS things that you buy. Uh, they're like auto raid, or I guess some of them even run their own software. It's I even technically raid these days. Yeah, you know what? I don't really know what the gear is
0: doing because it it's a little Linux box, so it's just running Linux mm-hmm. and it has its own core OS, and you can install apps like Plex on it right. and for video content. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah, I don't know. They've, it's they've it's a, really dumb come thing. a long way. Like oh, I said, yeah. when, I, when I was using it, it was just a dumb little um, file share in Windows, and it was still just the manual backup thing. It was no difference between that and plugging a USB drive in. But nowadays, like you said, you can get all the different kind of file servers on there, talking all the different protocols. Uh, As far as I know, they have like auto backup programs you could install also. I'm not sure if I trust installing a hardware vendors backup program, but I'm sure they come with them. And then on top of that, don't they offer like cloud storage too now?
0: Yeah, there's a whole bunch of shenanigans with it. So (laughs) with this readiness, here's what kind of gets cool with it. Because things have come so far. So when you plug it in, you plug it in and then you you can access all your files via... Uh, an app and it'll expose it to the Mm -hmm. internet you can also sign up for their backup system which will back up everything on your NAS to their cloud so if something happens to your NAS you need to replace it it'll suck it back down Um, and then what I do is kind of what you do where I just, um, attach it as like to my surface book, I attach it as network storage drives, and then I can just copy and paste anything I want on there. So I have a videos folder. I have a a code folder, things like that, that I have on it. Cause every once in a while I might want to do like a clean erase of a drive or clean stuff out. So, Often I just drag and drop uh, my GitHub folder and I'm like, eh, I just want to copy right now. I just want this backup and I date it. And I'm like, I just want to backup right now and see, see what's, what's going on here.
1: Um, I, I don't do that, though. <laughs> so I, I, I actually stopped using NASAs. It's something I'm going to hmm. get back into. But I found um, manually copying things over just wasn't flying for me. Um, I don't know if we want to jump straight into it, but we haven't said the big pink elephant in the room yet, and that's Dropbox. And I've Mm. become a complete uh, Dropbox-dependent user, something like that.
0: Cloud services, if you will.
1: Yeah. So I just, I I wasn't dragging files around enough, you know, actually copying them over to the NAS, and I kept switching between computers all the time. And so NASes are great if you map everything to them and always work out of them, but... Uh, I wanted the offline ability, too, for when the laptop's not connected and things like that. And so I just kind of grew out of the NAS. That makes sense. I think I think I, so
0: my NAS does a few things that we'll get into later, but I use my NAS mostly for large, large files that I don't want to store on the cloud, basically video files. These are yeah. things from like GoPro cameras, drone footage, mm-hmm. or just, you know, videos from my phone that are so big that I don't feel like paying Google 10 or you know 20 bucks a month for a terabyte of storage.
1: Uh, I, I, I'm with you. I actually do pay Apple. We'll get to it. But I pay um, for picture storage and that includes videos also. So I pay for one of the iCloud um, accounts. But yeah, like, uh, you, you brought up drone footage. <laughs> That's the first time I've actually been feeling the pain of relying on Dropbox and uh, Apple's cloud for everything. Uh, and, yeah, the problem is I just have all these large video files, and I'm at the point where I'm just not backing them up, or worse than that. My backup solution right now is I just leave them on SSD cards and just... <laughs> keep piling up ssd cards like old floppy disks you know they're all unlabeled i have no idea what's on them and so i think i really need to rethink my nas choice and get one back up that's just hosting videos basically just so i have a place to dump all that junk
0: yeah because i think like i think we've solved the problem with photos both apple and google provide unlimited photo uploading mm-hmm. to their services essentially i think at this point or at least google does for google photos and it doesn't take up any of your space in your google drive now i use google drive personally it's and I haven't,
1: it's, as far as i remember the low res is infinite if you want high res you gotta pay or something like that or there's a cap Correct.
0: I mean, it's pretty high res. I think it's 1600 by 1600. So it's pretty big. Mm -hmm. But uh, yes, correct. I do raw. I do whatever it shot. I want the full thing. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: So if I actually look at my Google drive, they have this nice little graph. I got pretty lucky because I I bought a Chromebook at one time and it gave me an extra terabyte of storage for free for two years. (laughs) Um, But it's about to expire. So I now pay Google a hundred or no dollar ninety nine a month. Dollar ninety nine a month. Yeah. For a hundred gigs. That's pretty good. It's
1: yeah. Pretty good. I think I'm around there for Apple also. I think I'm yeah. at three dollars a month, something like that. Something like I'm that. Two hundred gig. I might be forgetting though. That's but not basically bad. the the truth is it's not enough for video though, because I'll fill up a sixty four gigabyte drone card in a few weeks if I'm flying. And where do you put all that? God forbid if you actually like have children or something and are recording something important, yeah. then you know, these videos are just going to get so long because no yeah, one and takes and time and to edit them or anything you're not going to crop it you just want to dump the video somewhere
0: exactly and when i
1: thought about this I, I said well right now i have
0: the option between 100 gigs or doing a terabyte and a terabyte is 9.99 a month and i'm like man i mean that's a lot of great cloud storage but and i actually did that because right now i have 1.11 terabytes available until two days from now wednesday the 15th or whatever um, Mm -hmm. dating this episode of us recording it, but it was about to run out. So I said, I have these options. And to be honest, I just don't feel like paying all this money. So I did a test though. I said, well, what if I take everything from my home server drive that I'm getting rid of Mm -hmm. and I upload it to Google and it was nearly like 500 gigs. Wow. That's
1: awesome. Uh, did they give you a price tag for that?
0: So that price tag, so I ended up deleting all of them and putting them (laughs) just on my ready NAS because I go, well, um, that would have put me at the $100
1: a year. And I was like, it's still not too bad. I mean, of all the eels that you can attach to you, all the things that suck money out of you, a hundred bucks a year to have all your videos backed up.
0: Not terrible. But then I thought, but then I thought, Frank, This is only really like a few years of content. What happens when I actually do get like actually start (laughs) using my GoPro all the time? The only jump from one terabyte is 10 terabytes, which is a $100 a month.
1: Oh, never mind. This is not scaling. Okay, We're we're gonna have to get back to the NAS, it sounds like.
0: So that's why I went with NAS. And that's why I think for large video things is great. Now, I agree with you. We use personally, both Dropbox and Google Drive for... Um, uh, merge conflict, right? Cause, uh, yeah. we use Zencaster to record that's get sucked down to Dropbox. I back up everything into my Google drive. I have it in two cloud services, our podcast, in mm-hmm. case something terrible goes wrong. Uh, and they're great. They just happen to work everywhere. And that's probably why you chose Dropbox, right? Cause it's been around forever and it really just works.
1: Yeah, I, I chose it because at the time it was kind of an original idea of, uh, yeah, it just working. It had a local copy of all your files and it talked to the server. But I guess you, you just brought up a very interesting point, which I haven't been considering. These days we're using so many websites and services for everything that backing up really just is a matter of like, uh, is the service being backed up or is it being shift, uh, the data being shifted over to a different account, uh, that I have mm-hmm. somewhere. But it, it was just making me think how like, yeah, we record this podcast and we do all this work on the podcast, but I don't really have too many files for this podcast sitting on my hard drive. They're all in Google. And what'd you say? Dropbox everywhere. And Dropbox. Funny. yeah, Funny to think about.
0: Yeah, I think I may have them all on my computer because they're synced locally. And that that almost becomes the distinguishing part of am I just actually now are we just talking about backing up? files or are we actually talking about our full dev environment machines all of our code everything Mm -hmm. in place and i think that there's some services out there that maybe some people aren't aware of that they could just be doing locally and cloud backup that's really useful and the first thing that comes to mind um is apple's time machine
1: oh yeah time machine we've gone this whole time without even mentioning time machine um Mm -hmm. For those who don't know, this is the greatest piece of software ever written. Where you just plug Accurate. a drive into your computer, and uh, that's it, and you just assume that you have a backup somewhere.
0: It it's everything. I mean, you can <laughs> you can say don't do something, maybe like don't back up my VM folder, but it does everything. You can, yeah. It, it's it's the most amazing thing. You're right. It is the most amazing piece of software I have on any of my computers today.
1: Yeah, I you know, I'd even use it for a long time because like I said, I was a Dropbox person. So I could destroy a computer, buy a new computer at the store, and open it up and in a few minutes I have all my files. So it wasn't that big a deal to me. Mm -hmm. But then I started considering I don't know what I'm considering. I just feel like more backups is better. You know, it's nice having a drive sitting next to my computer that i know is a direct clone of that computer so if i forgot to put a file into dropbox if there's some weird cached file if i have a weird application or something all the stuff that doesn't make it into dropbox um it's just good to know that that's also around it's not for me it's not like 100 percent necessary it's just my second level backup basically
0: Yeah. it's yeah, And that's a good analogy for it. It's like that nice, calm peace of mind. And it doesn't actually have to be plugged into your computer. It could be just uh, somewhere on your network.
1: Yeah. I forgot Uh, to mention that because I haven't had a NAS in a while. I forgot about that feature. Yeah. Good point. So yeah, you can just point it at a, a, a folder somewhere, right? Well,
0: pretty much. I think it has to support the time machine protocol. Oh, interesting. Gotcha. But this ready nas that I just bought you just say mm-hmm. configure ready or configure time machine mm-hmm. and it just gets picked up inside of Mac OS and boom I'm backing up everything to my ready nas in yeah. a minute
1: love it
0: now I will say I have a good story about this is I was sitting in a coffee shop in Arizona uh, last year sometime on my MacBook pro and I was like you know what I'm gonna clean up this MacBook pro and I'm gonna write this little shell script
1: this oh, little no. shell remove minus rf dot slash no you yep, yep as yep. long as you got the dot you're okay did uh-huh. you remember the dot did you uh, remember the
0: dot james <laughs> i don't believe so. i don't even remember what the script was but it deleted every so i was deleting bin and obj folders from my machine
1: yeah yeah and as, as, I del- as developers do it's as fine.
0: developers do, do and i deleted every single one from my entire computer
1: yeah which included Bin, like probably the Unix bin folder, which contains several apps that are critical to the operation of a Unix operating system.
0: <laughs> is yes, that this, it? this episode, is, <laughs> how many times
1: has James messed
0: up his machine? Yeah, this is a kind lot. of funny. I'm, I'm really enjoying
1: mm-hmm. this. <laughs> so that's so, seriously what happened. Yeah, I, I swear. Love you. Wow.
0: I s- uh well, here should have been the hint. When you go into terminal <laughs> and it asks you for your password three times um maybe rethink why you're executing this command
1: you're just like whatever stop bugging me god here's my password
0: (laughs) yes the issue was is instead of executing the script from a folder that did all subfolders i executed the script from the root folder of the machine
1: yeah what were you doing on root that's weird i don't know i don't know okay. it was somewhere Take number one you have to do the five whys right why were you this mm. why were you that why that
0: yes mm. we won't but do your critical analysis here <laughs> yeah i'm not gonna I, I i essentially i shut the machine and i was so frustrated and and, and i had to step away <laughs> and i go i guess i'm done for the day <laughs> and i texted my boss yeah. and i said i just deleted my entire machine um basically that's how it felt. And uh I'll be home in, I'll be home in a few days. I have a time machine backup. I literally oh. plugged in my machine at home to time machine everything was back to normal. It was amazing.
1: Oh, that is yeah, pretty good.
0: I, I have
1: not practiced restoring from a time machine, so I haven't practiced what I'm preaching over here. <laughs> I, yeah. I have browsed around on it. I do see my files there. So I assume I can do a manual restore. But it yeah, so it the time it's time machine
0: It's very interesting. Essentially you can go back in time and restore a version of a, a file or something that you deleted. But also if you just boot into the um, emergency like you know, restore. Boot uh, boot operation, if you have Time Machine, you could just say restore from Time Machine, and it just puts back the snapshot and done.
1: Yeah,
0: It's amazing. Otherwise,
1: you would have had to install the operating system from scratch, restore all your data. Yeah, much smoother. Yeah,
0: much smoother. And uh, yeah, now it's just backing up on my ReadyNAS. Now, unfortunately, Windows doesn't have anything like this. The closest they have, they used to have this thing in Windows 7 that you could do a snapshot ISO, and you could snapshot your whole machine to like a... iso backup
1: but it wasn't continuous at all (laughs) oh right this is the manual thing again you're copying files essentially but clicking a button but yeah same difference
0: yeah so what they have now is something built into windows 10 that's like backup file history thing so you just say hey backup my all my important files to this ReadyNAS or to this hard drive and it'll continuously monitor those folders and back it up so that's Mm -hmm. what i have going on right now That's about 160 gigs, and it's pretty good. (laughs) Uh,
1: I have to tell my own uh, backup war story. So I was writing my senior thesis for college, and we were out doing something. I think we were trying to, like, print um, a project poster. Those were things you had to do back then. (laughs) And uh, while trying to print the project poster, all of a sudden the computer started acting funny. And... um, Yeah, we'll just say the computer started acting funny and rebooted. I'm like, okay, that's scary. Wouldn't come back up. Wouldn't come back up. I'm pretty good with computers. I could not get Windows to restore itself. So basically, the hard drive just decided to die on me right there. Except the hard drive wasn't dead. It just kind of corrupted whatever data it needed. So here I am trying to print a poster can't do that anymore. Also, my thesis is due in two days, and I actually need to finish this stupid thing. (laughs) I haven't printed it. I haven't done anything with it. And so that one time basically gave me the backup religion. So even though I've been a bad backer upper, I basically learned my lesson that day that you have to back things up. It's insane, especially when you're trotting around in a 2004 laptop and banging around town trying to get a, at a print shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's, uh,
0: it's crazy to think about.
1: My savior there was actually Linux. I was finally able to boot off a Linux CD and ask, access the hard drive and get some of the files off of it again. It was the most stressful day dealing with that. And I said, never again.
0: Yeah, that's a, it's a good point, too. Just because your hard drive dies doesn't mean you can't get the data off of it. There's definitely mm-hmm. data recovery things to do, you know.
1: Yeah, as, as long as it's spinning, um, there are actually... I think there's a lot of free programs actually to do it. Um, maybe they call them forensics programs or something like that. But they actually just read the drive byte for byte and attempt to restore the file system if it can. But if not, just gives you a raw... I should have said bit for bit. Um, but bit for bit image of the drive. And, you know, if you're looking for a text file or something, you can usually find it in that mess. That's pretty good. You
0: know a service that I used... Uh, We used to use a Xamarin. Uh, I don't think we use it anymore, though. And I've heard it on the talk show quite a few times. They sponsored it. And this is not a sponsorship slot uh, Mm -hmm. at all. They can totally sponsor us if they want to. But I used to use a service called Backblaze. Have you ever
1: used Backblaze? I I haven't. I've heard it promoted on a lot of other podcasts, though. It sounds pretty much like what you're describing with your NAS. Oh, except it's not actually hardware. It's just a backup service to the cloud. Yeah,
0: It's a cloud backup service for both Mac and PC and probably Linux. And you install a little application, it'll just essentially just automatically cloud unlimited data, unlimited storage, (laughs) right, to their servers.
1: That's pretty good. But it's not meant for like random access or daily access. This is purely backup and restore scenarios, right? It's not like Dropbox or you wouldn't use it like a NAS. Oh,
0: no, 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 it is. It is. Oh,
1: boy. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. I'm getting educated here.
0: (laughs) Yes. Now, here's a few cool things about... uh, Their idea is disaster recovery, but they do have a web portal where you can browse anything. Now, it's not like I'm going to get all of machine A's data onto machine B's data. So that's what Dropbox is for.
1: Right. Okay. Gotcha.
0: However, it is... I install it on my Mac, and I can go look at that Mac in the cloud and browse anything, download anything, Mm -hmm. and it'll, it'll put all you know, 512 gigs, if you want up there, and it'll continuously monitor your system for changes and upload all the new changes. And if something goes terribly wrong, um, you can just say download, you can download your entire machine as a zip, or I think for like $49, they'll send you a hard drive in the mail.
1: I heard about that. And I I, I almost want to try it sometime. (laughs) Just Just to 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 do it. it. Yeah, just to experience that. Remember, you got to practice restoring no yeah, I, i've been hearing bad. about this service for a while now so that's pretty cool i still it's still a dropbox junkie but yeah for large stuff mm, it's tempting yeah. huh
0: yeah it's not bad i think they encrypt i assume that they um and they encrypt everything on the way up i haven't i have had to look <laughs> at it but it, it's really audit, good yeah <laughs> yeah there's something out there. It's, i think it's only five dollars a month per machine yep five dollars a month per machine
1: okay so sub 100 but it's still hefty still 60 bucks but yeah oh and then per machine a little tricky there a little but,
0: tricky you know. there yeah 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 it's okay so i recommend I, I, checking it out
1: i think we're concluding we all just need NAS's now just network attached storage i i think <laughs> i think you drove that point home pretty well here is there anything I, else are there competitors are we forgetting anything you know, there's there's tons of cloud
0: competitors that do it, and all these other ones offer it. But, you know, I'm now using my ReadyNAS as a video backup machine, a Plex server, a time machine, <laughs> a, a PC networked attached drive that backs up all my data. I could put yeah. Git on it if I really wanted to. <laughs> um, now, the yeah. important part is Why here not? is is if you get into that GitLab scenario, right? Yeah, sure. You know, if let's say I use GitHub for everything and let's say that some server blows up, well, I got my data in 18 places, right? And if something goes terribly <laughs> wrong, I got it on some backup of something at some time. That That's what I want. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm getting there. Uh, There's just one thing I'm still not backing up very well. And that's um, I I have a little uh, server out there, just a little Linode server. Mm -hmm. And I did a good job of it. So it actually creates backups of itself very often. But I've never practiced what I preached and, you know, uh, tried to restore a backup. And I've never... um, I, I don't have the replication that we've been talking about. You know, right now all my data is copied onto about three devices. Anytime I create a new file, it just going to ma- automatically show up on about three things. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that for my server right now, so mm-hmm. I need to I need to up my backup game in the DevOps round round yeah. <laughs> area.
0: Yeah, I think about it even when I think about deploying a, a web backend, right? So we've been talking a lot about personal life, mm-hmm. but also if you're creating a mission Christian mission critical application or just any application that's using a cloud backend um, or some server you should probably have on the data replication part of it. If I go into portal, like a lot of that stuff is off by default because you're probably like, Oh, I'm going to use the cheaper tier and do this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have our, we have this planet Xamarin, um, account or whatever. That's this, this nice little community blog aggregate. And that's a, you know, ASP.NET website and I have it back up every night, right? Just just in case. Like, hey, make a duplicate of so yourself. That's
1: the, the database? Is that everything?
0: It's the database and the website. It does like a snapshot of everything that's installed on the machine. So if something goes wrong, mm-hmm. it's got a backup. Now, where and does then, that backup
1: go, though? That's just, again, hosted by Azure or something just sitting out there?
0: Yeah. So if something terrible happens in Azure. <laughs> but uh, I think <laughs> I was looking at a service called DocumentDB, which is like a uh, Mongo in the cloud. And mm-hmm. they have... For other services too, but I know this one is a one click is geo replication. So the idea is you just say, "Hey, geo replicate this data in this whole other region." So literally, you have multiple copies sitting around.
1: Yeah, um, love it. So yeah. I, I definitely would love that easy uh, turnkey, whatever you'd call that. Click a button, and then it's automatically replicated. But I'd still feel that I want. Um, a local copy or uh, a hard copy of all that data at some point. It's not that I don't trust that Azure is going to stay up. Obviously, there's a lot of money backing it and everything. But what if one day, 10 years from now, I you know, cancel my account and then I think, oh, I wish I had that data again or something like that. You're yeah. just going to want a copy of that data at some point that's not tied to a service that you have to pay monthly for to log into. You know, get that's a copy a your own and- data.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And that's why, I actually, even though I gu- use Google Photos for all my photos, I have like a really, like a hundred and, or mine says 64 gig phone, like for, you know, 64 mm. gigabyte phone. Yeah. And my next model will probably be 128 gigs because I also just want all of the photos on my phone too. Like I just don't want them all in the cloud. I would like them also on my phone. And it just is a peace of mind type of thing. And I don't know why that is, but I just feel like, what if for some reason, you know, something <laughs> happens? I just want all of them. I don't know.
1: I wonder if we're showing our age, too. We're, we're just so used to backing up files that we, we can't think of a world where, like, data not in files. But I, I still believe there's some justification for having your own copy of it. I like it. I like it. I mean, that's why I, I have my readiness. That that's why
0: I'm back. <laughs> i'm
1: back <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm so on board i just gotta get organized i've actually been talking about getting a new nas for probably like six months now and i still haven't done it so i just gotta up my game
0: do it i'll put some some links in the show notes for the one that i purchased i i really like it it's great <laughs> it just works and it's you we know censorship. <laughs> we do these things are like legit machines this has like a quad core like four yeah. gigs of ram or something it's a mini computer <laughs> it's crazy
1: and hopefully it's not using any like crazy proprietary file uh, file system format. So if you ever do need to yank the drives out, hopefully you can read them from a normal computer. Yeah,
0: I think so. Let's hope. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see one day. Anyways, any any other pro tips from the
1: Frank Kruger? Oh gosh, no. Other than Dropbox rules, <laughs> you no. Know, all, all the services like it. All all that style of service. I think you can it's just so convenient these days to have those SkyDrive, dropbox google drive whichever one you're using uh just put as many files as you can in there and yeah pay for put it. them up it's there it's worth it yeah. whether well, you have it back up your
0: data all the time continuously if you will be backing <laughs> up that data as we back up this podcast as it's being recorded to dropbox itself until next time i'm james montemagno and i'm frank krueger thanks for listening peace